You don't get it, son. This isn't a mud hole. It's an operating table. And I'm the surgeon. in broad daylight. I know why you're afraid to go out at night. The Batman. See, Batman had shown Gotham the true colors. anything on my Christmas list, like a new pair of titanium bat cuffs, or some bat cloaking gear, or this really cool pneumatic bat grenade launcher that comes with the laser scope and the glow-in-the-dark bat symbols. <clears throat> I need information, Santa. Wait a minute. You're not Santa! Sure he is! How else could he possibly know what you really want for Christmas? <gasps> Wait, how did you... <laughs> Poison Ivy! And you must be... Bane! Come get your little belt, Batmite! Give me that back! Welcome back, citizens of Gotham, to The Eternal Night, a podcast dedicated to the world's greatest detective, the Dark Knight of the DC Universe, Batman. I am one of your hosts. My name is Philip Barker, and I am back once again in the Batcave, joined by my longtime heroic co-host, now recovering from COVID, Mr. Craig Blaylock. Craig, how are you doing? Oh, finally doing better. It's December was just not nice to me. December was a rough month, a rough way to end 2023. Don't even get me started on how rough a month December was. <laughs> it, it's been an absolute tiresome month between the holidays finally coming to a close, New Year's, yep. and even some certain certain passings. It's just been, yeah, it's been a hard month, to say the least. But I am glad to be back in the cave. I know you're finally glad to be back in the cave. We've yep. got a couple things on the docket to talk about. We are finally going to get with, through our merry little Batman review. we got a couple things to talk about before we get there, though. As I mentioned, some family, some Batman family uh, passings had to transpire. But before I get into any of that, as always, everybody, you know, feel free to follow our page on Facebook. Just search Eternal Night 
podcast. You can also follow us along on Instagram. Feel free to drop us an email, turtlenightpod at gmail.com. And feel free to leave us a review on iTunes or whatever podcast catcher you have that pulls this podcast for you. It really helps the show get noticed, and we would really appreciate it. Now, uh, as I mentioned earlier, as I mentioned not even a mere minute ago, um, unfortunately there was a passing in the Batman legacy, and that is in the form of Mr. Tom Wilkinson. Passed away at the very, very tail end of 2023, uh, December 30th. Yeah, for anyone who doesn't know Tom Wilkinson, he played a part in Batman Begins as the one and only Mr. Carmine Falcone. But also he was in other films like uh, The Full Monty, Rush Hour, and The Patriot. That's right, he was in The Patriot. He was in a lot. He's one of those actors that, like, as soon as you see him, he's one of those, like, oh, it's that guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely one of those that guy actors, 100%. But I think, uh, yeah, I think that the first thing I distinctly remember him from is either got to, it's either going to be The Patriot or it's probably Batman Begins. I think my introdu- I think my introduction to him was definitely Rush Hour, then The Patriot, and then obviously Batman Begins. Now, I think it's also important to remember this is also the first person to ever portray Carmine Falcone in live action. Yep. And, well, actually, because <laughs> there's a distinction here. In The Batman, it's Carmine Falcone, and then in Batman Begins, it's Carmine Falcone. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's that, too. I think, you know, Christopher Nolan had a way of having his characters pronounce their names in certain ways obviously uh you know the whole conversation regarding the name pronunciation of race al ghul raj al raish al ghul raz al ghul whatever you want to call it and then of course with uh mr tom uh tom wilkinson playing carmine falcone or falcone whichever preference your way of saying that is i've honestly never really given it that much thought if i'm being brutally honest it's i think in my head it's always just been falcone Falcone has always been the way I've looked at it, but I, I mean, I've heard people say Falcone. Yeah. I mean, I feel like Falcone kind of gives that that mobster-ish dialect in certain yeah. certain regards, so it's understandable why it would have been pronounced that way in that movie. But more specifically, like, you know, this was, like, I think we were, we were all just kind of hanging around i think i had just gotten out of the gym and i saw this when i was at the store getting some gatorade and i i, I yeah. immediately sent it to you and terrence i was like guys falcone's dead yep. <laughs> and you were like what <laughs> <laughs> yeah very unfortunate like you said for for it to happen like right at the end of the year it's just like man it's 2023 just giving you one good little middle finger right before the end i mean you know we had Richard Mole passed away earlier this year. Who played uh, Harvey Two Face in Batman the Animated Series, and then yeah, that was you know, sad. This is also the the first year. Obviously, Kevin Conroy passed away last November, so it's now been a full year since he's gone too. So, yeah, and we lost. Um, oh my God, I'm blanking on her name. The voice of Harley Quinn, Arlene Sorkin. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. We we did in fact lose Arlene Sorkin earlier last year. That was also a very tragic loss. But even like Tom Wilkinson, I mean, man, that that dude is Carmine Falcone in the in Batman Begins. I remember even just seeing that recently for Batman Day, getting to see the Nolan trilogy again in theaters, and that was a uh, that was an experience. But also, like, if you want to talk about some standout performances, I mean, obviously, you know, Christian Bale knocked it out of the park as Batman. That's probably his best 
portrayal as Batman from the trilogy. Uh, obviously, Liam Neeson played a really great Raz al Ghul. Cillian Murphy played a really great Scarecrow. But Tom Wilkinson as, as Carmine Falcone, he just... You know, the most... The book I remember Falcone from the most has got to be either year one or probably The Long Halloween, because The Long Halloween is very much centered around Carmine Falcone in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. And to see this character brought to life by way of Tom Wilkinson in that movie was just... You know, at the time, I was I was a young kid when, when Begins came out. I didn't even see it in the theater at the time, but I remember watching the movie and just, at the time, just thinking, okay, this is just like another mobster in Gotham City, not realizing at the time who Carmine Falcone was. Uh-huh. And then, you know, you go as you get older, you know, you discover comic books, graphic novels, and you read it, who, and who, just how vital and important this character is to Batman's pantheon and how important he is in a role that he played in Batman's early years. And it's like, to, to think about that now and to think about the perspective that that character has in that film and, like, the impact the, the actor had on that role was just, like, incredible. I mean, obviously, one, one piece of uh, that movie that kind of speaks out to me the most, there are two scenes in particular. It's It's the scene where Bruce goes down into the narrow, it's either the, yeah he's getting the narrows and he's in that 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 bar, and Falcone, that's what I was gonna. That's the standout scene for me, where he he threatens Bruce Wayne with the gun yep. and says, "I wouldn't have a second's hesitation to blow your head off right here with you know a judge and two off-duty cops and like another you know person in the DA's office right there." Like that that whole scene was phenomenal because you yep. just see the intensity in, in the performance there from Wilkinson. But then the other scene that all that also sticks out to me is like at the docks yep. where Batman kind of takes out all of his goons and like, you know, his first, appear- his first appearance as Batman. Yes. His first appearance as Batman. And he like jumps on top of the car and like Falcone's like scrambling to get the gun. He's like, Oh, who are you? And Batman just pulls him from the top and he goes, I'm Batman. <laughs> Oh man! But even like some more somber scenes where he's talking to to Crane in Arkham, and he's like giving the you know he's giving giving Crane like the fake spiel. Oh, I'm depressed. I can't take it anymore. Blah blah blah. He's basically yeah. trying to, trying to get out of his sentence, and Crane's like, mm, no, I think we're gonna keep you in here. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I'm I'm protrubed at this. This is this is very unfortunate news. Uh, my my heart goes out to Wilkinson's family and and friends. Obviously, he was a very well respected actor in his own right outside of Batman Begins, and he will be dearly missed, one hundred percent. But speaking of Scarecrow, yeah, speaking of Scarecrow, uh, <laughs> this one's funny. This one's actually one that you brought to the table today. This yeah, one, th- this one made me chuckle. Uh, this one gave me a good laugh when I saw it. Well, since it gave you the laugh and you were the one to bring it to the table, why don't you go ahead and, and lay it on everyone why this one is such a chuckle-worthy thing to talk about? Well, I mean, like like you and I have talked about in the past, you know, one thing that kind of annoys both of us is the world of scoopers and, you know, throwing out just everything you can imagine. I mean, like we've talked about before, you know, in this day and age – if you've got a YouTube channel or you consider yourself a quote influencer, you can just really throw out whatever comes to your mind, whatever idea you want, whether it's a rumor about a film or a cameo in a film or anything like that. 
you know, we see it every day. You you go on social media, you're going to see some random rumor that has started up about any upcoming film, whether it be superheroes, whether it be kaiju films or anything like that. It's always going to pop up. So recently, this was about, I want to say, what was this? But just under a week ago, there was, it just started making the rounds on social media on, you know, X and threads and all that. And you just keep seeing all these things popping up and their sources claiming that Professor Pig, Scarecrow, Clayface, Hush, Dick Grayson are all going to be in Batman Part 2. And it's just going all, like, every time I would go on, I would see someone repeating this post. And then... (laughs) Then James Gunn decided to respond with just a simple "nope," totally made up, <laughs> <laughs> and it's just refreshing to see that. It's just refreshing to see him just come out and just go, "No, that's BS. Don't believe it." Yeah, I actually have it pulled up. It was a um... so the source from this is Daniel RPK, Mister Daniel Richmond, and. Mm. He's got a very spotty track record in terms of getting information right. Uh, I think the most recent one that was, in fact, quote, accurate, unquote, was the casting of Reed Richards with um, Pedro Pascal in talks to playing the role. That was later picked up by the Hollywood Reporter deadline. I think Variety might have picked it up, too. I don't I don't really know that off the top of my head. But, yes, this was, um, again, another scoop from him, citing that Professor Pig and Scarecrow are set to join Clayface Hush and Dick Grayson in the Batman Part 2. And on threads, James Gunn, as Craig mentioned, promptly responded with a nope, totally made up. (laughs) Now, to dissect this a little bit, Hush has been rumored to be the big bad main villain for this movie for a while. I think Craig and I have talked about that. Mm -hmm. I don't really buy that all that much because I feel like if you did Hush, that's very much doing the Riddler again kind of in certain ways uh, the Clayface rumor is more akin to not a very not not the, not the version of Clayface that a lot of people are expecting not the big mud monster it's the older version where he's more of a killer silent killer uh-huh. things like that and, and there have been rampant rumors of Dick Grayson possibly being in the Batman part 2 for some time as well now I think the whole notion of Professor Pig and Scarecrow coming into this movie, that's all, I think that's all completely made up because it was reported earlier, I think even last year, that there were solo projects of all three of these characters, Professor Pig, Scarecrow, and Clayface, being on the table as part of being in the Batman universe. Yeah. Yeah, I think we we even talked about that when that news was kind of breaking. Well, actually, now that I think about it, James Gunn actually confirmed that Matt Reeves is actually developing an Arkham Asylum series set inside the DCU, not the mm-hmm. Batman universe. Yep. So, yeah, I saw that too. That's an interesting concept. <coughs> Excuse me. Because you have the guy who's developing a, an entire universe catered to his version of Batman, and he's also going to be contributing to the DCU in another Batman sense. So I'd have to wonder, is there going to be some kind of collaboration, some kind of like, note comparison there with Andy Muschietti who's still tied to direct Batman Brave and the Bold 
in uh, regards to like who's going to be in Arkham Asylum and who's not going to be in Arkham Asylum. Like, what is the Arkham Asylum show even going to be about? And now, you know, earlier it was you know, obviously when it was announced, I think it was you know rumored to have been taking place obviously in this universe regarding this Batman. But now that Gunn has clarified, no, this Arkham Asylum universe or this Arkham Asylum show is going to be set in the DCU that kind of changes the conversation about it a little bit because now you can really I think anyway dive deep into a very fantastical lunacy type of um, setting for a lot of those other characters that you probably wouldn't see in a more grounded real take on Batman that the Batman universe has established Yep. like I could definitely see I can absolutely see a version of Poison Ivy appearing in Arkham Asylum. And honestly, if you're going to do an Arkham Asylum TV show and you still have Margot Robbie waiting in the wings to play Harley Quinn again, I could absolutely see her maybe coming into that. Or maybe it's even a... I wouldn't even call it a prequel, but they could maybe do it in that way. Maybe. I don't know, because if, if the DCU is effectively resetting and retelling certain things that transpired from the old universe into the new universe, I, th I feel like the Arkham Asylum show would be a playground to where you could maybe retell how Harley got out, or how uh -huh. she met the Joker, and who else may or may not have been in Arkham Asylum at the time, and that, you know, again, just pointing out that this is all hypothetical, it's not a, absolutely what it could be, or what is, because we do not know this information, but it's just an idea, or it could just be a straight-up show about the inmates of Arkham Asylum and how they go about their day-to-days or if there's a plot brewing inside Arkham for a mass breakout or something like that. I'm honestly not too sure. But the idea of an Arkham Asylum TV show does excite me. But I will also just bring it back to the rumor mill here that we're talking about. Like, this was just hilarious because I saw this and I just laughed. <laughs> well, and, like, you notice here how we're we're shooting just ideas out, you know, thinking, like, what could this could be. Notice how we're not taking this and just posting it on social media and going, hey, we heard a rumor that blah, blah, blah. You know, it's just it's just tiring after a while when you just keep seeing, like, unless, uh, like you have said before, unless I'm seeing it directly from the studio or the director, I'm not going to buy most of these quote-unquote rumors or scoops or insider information. Right, like... Look, if Matt Reeves came out closer to production of, of Batman Part 2 and says, yeah, Hush is the villain, okay, I take that word to the bank. I'm not yeah. going to give whoever the, 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 the attention that they want because they, quote, got it right or whatever. Like, I, I, I don't care. I really don't. I would much rather have it be officially confirmed to me by someone who's actually working on these projects as opposed to just some jack wagon on the internet just looking for attention and looking for those you know those likes those you know draws to their website or their youtube channel or whatever or even in, in richmond's case his uh his discord which is i'm sure where this came from well and again too in my personal opinion i think he just came up with this just based on his opinion of information that has been out there before so like for example i'm looking at right now the Pattinson was interviewed back in February of 2022 to Collider and at one point they got on the topic of Robin joining the franchise. Pattinson never confirmed that Robin would be in the franchise, but he was quoted as saying, 
He has to be 13. That's the only way I'll accept it. No, I love death in the family and stuff, but I think it'd be so cool. Also, people are so scared of it, but it's kind of exciting. I think it would be a really fun addition. That's it. That's all he said. Hmm. So someone, I guess, you know, I got to imagine somebody looked at that and goes, oh, see, they're, they're going to put Robin in there at some point, so it's got to be Dick Grayson. Well, I think even Matt Reeves was asked during an interview when they were promoting The Batman, like, you know, was that kid in the beginning, like, is, is that going to be your version of Robin? And he just kind of laughed and went, huh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Which, that's neither confirming or denying that he's going to put Robin in the universe, but I think that that's just a funny way of him just kind of acknowledging, like, oh, that's a that's a funny thing, but no. The, the, the child we see in the beginning of the movie, who is the mayor's at the time, Mayor Mitchell's son, no, I don't think he's going to be Robin. So yeah, that was funny. It's just all kind of funny to me. Like I, I'm, and don't get me wrong. Like if the Batman Part Two has, at the very least, like Clayface and Hush in it, awesome. I suppose I'm, you know, I I like the first movie quite a fair bit. I actually love the movie quite a bit. Actually, it's probably arguably my new favorite solo Batman movie. Mm-hmm. But. Again, I will wait until James Gunn, Matt Reeves, someone actually tied to these productions comes forward and says, yeah, no, this is what we're doing, and this is the person we want to play the role, et cetera, et cetera. And given that the way the world looks from a visual perspective, um, again, like I, I'm going to keep hammering this home and hope that it's right, man. I really hope that Mr. Freeze is actually going to be, I, I really hope that when they come, when time comes to announce, like who's going to be the main antagonist of part two, I really hope Matt Reeves just throws a curveball for everybody and goes, yeah, no, I'm doing Mr. Freeze. As long as he goes, a freeze is coming. Exactly. Cause why not? You can't do Mr. Freeze without <laughs> some freeze puns, right? Yeah. But no, seriously, I, I do think that, that it would be hilarious if the villain for the movie is none of which who've been rumored so far. Yeah, just completely none of the ones that have even been mentioned by right. anybody. Right. And I even think that some of the cast from the first movie is supposed to carry over from the second movie, so you already know that obviously Robert Pattinson's coming back. I think Zoe Kravitz is signed on as well. Um, you'd have to imagine Colin Farrell's Penguin is going to play a part too because he's got yeah. his TV show coming out in the fall of this year. Which Alfred uh, Alfred will definitely be back. Yeah, hopefully he doesn't die. I mean, he came close in the first one. I know. I feel like I feel like if you really wanted to break the mold and and do something different from other past Batman movies, you kind of kill Alfred. Yeah, <laughs> which would suck because you know Eddie Circus turned in a really great great Alfred there in the first one. Yeah, I, I would just be kind of devastated, teary eyed to watch him die in part two or part three. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just, when again, when it comes to these rumors, I ain't trying to put too much stock in them. I'm not, and I'm honestly, I'm happy to watch James Gunn just smack this shit down and be like, nope, made up. Yep. Well, like you talked about before, how James Gunn can kind of gets a little too into posting stuff on, you know, X and threads and all that kind of stuff. This, these are the kind of moments where I think he does. I, I'm glad he steps in and just says something. Doesn't go into too much detail. He just knocks it down and moves on. Well, yeah, because it's really a, um, it's a P 
PR front that they did not have by they I mean Warner Brothers and DC leading up to this like when Walter Hamada was running the show there was no confirmation or denying of anything that leaked in regards to any of the movies that came out over the last year whatsoever there was no coming out and being at the front and being like no no this is not happening there was none of that there was no PR control whatsoever and I do think that while James Gunn in the past has spent a lot of time bickering and whatnot with other people I do think that when he does shut shit down like this I'm like okay this is this is what DC fans have been asking for for quite some time yep so keep it on keep doing it James Gunn keep it up I mean a matter of fact I think I even just saw today that that he's um he confirmed that almost like 90 if not more than 90 percent of the cast of Superman Legacy is complete and done sets are done costumes are being finished and they're ramping up on filming for Superman Legacy coming in March which as of this Mm. recording is two months away so (laughs) I made a joke I said if he does not have that Superman suit in a picture form by March 1st he's going to have a lot of angry fanboys down his (laughs) throat every day until he shows that suit if I were him, I would just wait and just reveal it in the trailer. First first teaser trailer you want to release, then oh, show the suit off. Buddy, as much as I would love for that to happen, <laughs> you and I both know that once set photos start appearing and they film out in broad daylight, they're going to have uh, to. Yeah, that's true. They're going to have to do some kind of like promotional photo of him in the suit. They're going to have to yeah. put something out of David Corrin sweat in the new Superman suit, and it's going to... It's going to break the internet in certain ways. It's going to, you know, it's going to make a lot of hardcore Snyder fanboys angry. It's going to make a lot of traditional super fanboys happy to have, to have something to weaponize against the Snyder fanboys. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be hell on earth on the internet. That's what yep. it's going to be. And it's going to happen again when they do it for Batman Brave and the Bold and they show off that new bat suit and the new actor in it, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. Speaking of actors in the Batman suit, did you see that Alan Richson? like said he's totally game to be the dcu batman i saw something about it but i didn't get a chance to look into it but i did hear about this yeah so he's doing promotional rounds right now for reacher season two and someone asked him how he'd feel about being batman in the dcu and he was basically like yeah i totally did it um i'm you know how i am i'm i'm if an actor says they want to be batman cool Mm -hmm. if you actually get the role awesome Uh i as far as i know uh they're not at all meaning to cast batman anytime soon so i i I, I think it's 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 kind of a moot thing to talk about at this point personally yeah but but the idea of seeing rich in the suit do do i see him being you know a kind of a battle-hardened aged daddy bruce wayne not particularly no and on top of that it's kind of hard to distinguish him from the role of hawk from titans because that show literally just ended last year and he wasn't even in season four because his character died in season three but that's that's just besides the point i feel like if he's going to take on another comic book superhero role could batman be it yeah maybe would it be my preference Mm, no not particularly yeah i did see i saw a few because i guess like after he made that statement obviously people started doing fan art you know fan art of yeah. him in the suit uh, yeah i mean could work but not necessarily my personal preference i'm still as as long as andy muschietti's on on the job 
as it stands right now. Obviously, he's working on that uh, Welcome to Dairy It prequel TV series for Max. So I think all of his time is being invested there before he goes whole hog on yeah. Brave and the Bold. Uh, I'm still very much of the mind that the the older gentleman who played Ben Hanscom in It Part Two, Mr. J. Ryan, would make a great Batman because there's rapport there between him and Muschietti. But yeah. it, re- it really just kind of boils down to whoever you know Gunn and Muschietti want to cast for that role going forward. So time will tell. And given what Muschietti has done in the past in terms of casting for his films, I could see Gunn obviously having a word in the matter, but I could see him trusting Muschietti's choice. I think it's going to be a, it's got to be a collective decision between the two. Yeah. Because he's, obviously James Gunn is one of the heads of co, he's one of the co-heads of DC Studios. So obviously... I think in in some sense he would have some sort of final say, but I do think since Muschietti is on the project as as director, I do think that his input matters greatly in that regard. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. They're ways away from getting the Batman out. I mean, obviously they got all the focus right now is on Superman Legacy and then probably the Authority not long after that. So Yeah, it's going to be a while before we see anything. I'm still waiting on a villain reveal for for Superman Legacy, unless it's the engineer. If it's just the engineer and all these other heroes and Lex Luthor, I'm be like, ah, all right. But if you got Brainiac or Parasite in there, I, I I really feel like they would go with Bra- Brainiac. I think both Parasite and Brainiac warrant the amount of heroes that are in this, but I do think that Brainiac would be the the funner villain to play with. Yeah, personally. Uh, speaking of lots of villains, <clears throat> there was a movie that came out a couple weeks ago that had a lot of Batman villains in it. Yeah, and we probably would have had an episode uh, talking about it more recent, you know, close to its release, had I not, you know, been freaking dying. Yeah, and had I not been putting in overtime at work and <laughs> other things that had my attention that do not have my attention anymore. Yes. What was what was uh, so yeah obviously the film we're talking about is Merry Little Batman. What was its release date? December eighth. Yeah. December 8th. Uh, so yeah, that would have been four days after that is when I tested positive for COVID. Yep. And you were out for a good week and a half or so. Yeah, it was. Yeah, first time I, I've had COVID twice now. I got it once in November of 2020. When I got it then completely asymptomatic i didn't even realize that i had it at the time i went to take a sip of soda and realized i couldn't taste it then i took a test and realized i was positive this time i kind of had a feeling something was coming when i started not feeling all so great and then yeah took the test positive and then two days later i was just a mess this this time it wrecked me and that sucks man like yeah lost my voice i i legit lost my voice for almost three days that's like horrible. could not could not form a sentence man being sick on christmas with covid must have really sucked it was brutal <laughs> i'm sorry you had to deal with that but yeah on the plus side like merry little batman was a really nice surprise I, I don't think either one of us had superbly high high expectations from it but i i, I don't think i don't think you and i even even like really talked about it much after we watched it i mean we we gave like yeah 
sparing thoughts about it, but not not really like deep dive thoughts about it. I I I walked out of it quite surprised, if I'm being brutally yeah. honest. Like I remember, like when the I remember when we heard that this was coming, you know, before anything had even come out, before images or trailers or anything like that, we were like, okay, Home Alone, but with Batman characters. That's kind of neat. And then, like, the first trailer came out, and I was kind of like, okay, this looks this looks cute. It's just very obvious, though, like, from that very first trailer, it was very obvious that this is clearly directed for a younger demographic. Yeah, and, you know, if we could talk about the voice cast for this real quick, I mean, it's got a pretty solid cast attached yeah. to it. You know, you've got... Um, Forgive me if I mispronounce the young man's name who played Damian Wayne. You've got Jonas Kabrib playing Damian Wayne, little Batman. Frickin' Luke Wilson actually delivered a pretty solid Batman, not gonna I, lie. I really liked his version of Batman in this. As did a, I. A, 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 probably the most dad Batman ever. Yeah. And then James Cromwell as Alfred. Oh, yeah, man. That was that was really good. You know, Alfred's whole bit in this movie actually tugged at my heartstrings a little bit because mm-hmm. that was because because throughout the whole movie he's sitting there and he's trying to guide both damien and bruce along in certain respects and man you just get the feeling that this version of alfred is just he's just trying to be the best dad or granddad mm-hmm. he can be to both of these guys and it's just man that's so great that whole process of him like making like the perfect hot chocolate for Damien was adorable. <laughs> it was great. And then I, I th- actually think David Hornsby as the Joker was... That was great. That was pretty great. That was yeah. that was pretty great, not gonna lie. And then uh, <laughs> this gentleman who played Mr. Freeze just absolutely had me in, in <laughs> tears yep. laughing. Uh, Dolph Adderman? Adderman? Yeah. Adderman? Forget yeah, if I you could, I that. remember you could tell from the trailer when they showed him. I was like, "Oh man, they are they're going with like an Arnold, Mister Freeze," and yeah, that was pretty much. It's a it's an older retired. I love that he has like a Hawaiian shirt on. Yeah, like he, just this out of shape, out like really old Mister Freeze, and yet he's got the Arnold voice, and it's just like ah, that's that's just wonderful. And then like brian george doing the penguin and having it be like this <laughs> near perfect marriage of of meredith burgess or yep. burgess meredith sorry and and day devito i was i yep. was just like all right this is this is great this is awesome yep. i, lo- I love the role of the penguin in this movie and then Teresa mclaughlin as poison ivy that was pretty funny <laughs> yeah that was the whole the whole scene I, I loved that scene where damien goes and he's uh he's you know it's obvious that it's poison ivy as an elf and mm-hmm. bane as, 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 as santa claus santa. and and damien looks up and he's like you're not santa and she's like well of course he is and she looks at bane and bane looks at her and then bane looks down and damien just goes oh <laughs> okay Bane in this movie, uh, it, cr- it cracked me up. Had the fierce intimidation of Tom Hardy, and then all of the mannerisms of the Jeep Swanson '97 Batman and yep. Robin Bane. It was yep. If we're gonna talk about like perfect marriages of you know between Penguin and Bane, like they nailed it with this movie. That was just Abs- absolutely hilarious 
absolutely hilarious. And you know, one of the things that I, I remember now talking about the movie, I think one of my favorite scenes is when the Joker's recounting like their early days and you see them and they look all traditional. Yeah. Like, he's got short hair, they're in a yep. blimp, and like, oh man, that that was just that was awesome. And I actually I thought it was pretty interesting how they did this where Bruce, you know, he gets Damien and he realizes, oh wow, I have a son now. I need to make I need to make being a dad my priority, not being Batman. So he just goes into overdrive and just gets every villain knocked out easily as quickly as he can. And they even say like, okay, Gotham City is now the safest city in the in the country. I thought that was pretty ingenious. Like, I don't know. This came across as a very, like I said, like the most dad Bruce Wayne Batman we've ever seen. I actually did like that that montage where he's recounting to Damien, like, "Yeah, I made the city safe just so it could be safe for you." And you know, yep. you get you get you just get this sick montage of Batman just, you know, he's taking out the Riddler from Ace yeah. Chemicals, and then they show you what happens to Ace Chemicals after the fact. Then he takes out the Scarecrow, and, and honestly, it's kind of a homage to Bat Metal. Mm-hmm. And I love yeah. that. I absolutely yep. love those YouTube videos of Bat Metal, and I love that this that intro scene was like, you know. Batman beating the snot out of these villains to like a very heavy metal type of type of musical background to it and then you again you just see like the aftermath of what happens when he takes out said villain in said setting like after he takes out Scarecrow it turns Arkham Asylum into this like playground <laughs> slash yeah. like um you know daycare for kids and yeah. stuff I was like oh this is pretty awesome but I did like that you know he's so worried about his son like you know become a crime fighter but yet he he decides to give his son as a first christmas gift a utility belt yeah but here's the funny part the utility belt is filled with nothing but like you know plastic or foam batarangs and like you know a list of people he needs to call in case of emergencies and like even the the button that he presses on the center is like help emergency my baby's in trouble <laughs> yeah my baby boy is in trouble please alert the authorities oh man I do think that the plot of it was ingenious to pull Batman out of Gotham City. I was all organized by the Joker, and he's going to steal Christmas, and then it's up to Damien to take it upon himself. And they actually kind of pay homage to like how things transpired when Damien does become Batman in certain respects, because Damien stumbles upon these videos, these pre-recorded videos of Bruce being like, Damien, if you've seen these videos, it means I'm probably yeah. dead. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, oh no. I know exactly why he's doing this. Yeah. Because I've read Batman 666. <laughs> where Damien does, in fact, become Batman. And, and it's an absolute far cry from what this movie is. <laughs> it's... Anyway. Yeah, no, I actually found that pretty endearing. And even, like, having the whole... The, the Bat-Dad thing in the chest where it's like a... It's almost like a... a um, oh, what is it? It's almost like an Alexa. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. Like, the AI that was built into the logo mm -hmm. in, in Damien's suit. Yeah, mm -hmm. I thought that was really smart. And it was also really smart to have, like, the driving force of Damien wanting to be little Batman be like, no, I need to get my utility belt back so I can show my dad I can be a hero. Mm -hmm. And even, like, the beginning of the movie is straight up Home Alone. 
but it with really Batman. Is. With Batman. Because yep. you've, yeah, you've, you've got the two burglars. Yeah, the, the two hench people of the Joker trying to, you know, break into Wayne Manor and find all the, you know, rich stuff they can, you know, pawn off on the Joker and make some profit from. And, like, you know, they come across the belt and then Damien in his little makeshift little Batman costume just kind of goes to town on these thugs. Mm-hmm. And then he takes it upon himself to, like, reflect that they he let him get away and he's like i can't let them get away i gotta be batman (laughs) and then he goes down into the cave (laughs) yeah oh man there were so many nods there were a lot of nods to other batman material in this movie and i do think that that going down in the cave and then seeing all the old suits like eh, two what did he say about the the dc comics 21st appearance he said two Uh, one of them he i think it was like the the Schumacher one, he was like, that one leads nothing to the imagination. Yes. <laughs> that was a great one. That was hilarious. <laughs> and it had it had bat nipples, which was hilarious. Yes. And then when he sees his suit, he goes, oh, dad made a suit for me? Mm-hmm. And then they do the total, like, suit-up montage from Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, Tushy and all. Yep. Oh, that was brilliant. That was so brilliant. And then he like puts on the cowl and he delivers the same line Jack does from Batman eighty nine. He goes, Wait till they get a load of me. I was like, Oh man, this is great. So great. So so great. Yeah, it was a really good blend, you know, some really great slapstick, you know, like you said, the particular with the the burglars, but even like there was like slapstick thrown in during like the action scenes. Mm-hmm. Um and it honestly kinda ended on a really heartwarming note. I mean, I gotta be honest. The ones, the one scene that really threw me for a loop is when they decided to change up the animation and make it black and white. That black and white, yeah, yeah. That's that was what that was after. I'm trying to remember. I should have rewatched it before. It's right we, before he runs into was, Alfred. Yeah, and like the city's like blaming him for all of like the mm-hmm. chaos that's happened. That's right. Because so Damien's kind of panicking, like he's having this like almost like panic attack. Yeah, he's having like this this not existential crisis per se, but he's like kind of beginning to doubt himself of whether or not what he's doing is actually right because yeah, you know he's been chasing all these villains around to get his to get his utility belt back, and now it's it's come to a point where Gotham City is now like starting to become like Gotham City was before. <laughs> yeah, like it's no, it's definitely not the safest city in the world anymore. Oh no, and they all kind of blame him for it which yep. is unfortunate and like even even when the when the city's in absolute chaos and you kind of cut to that little piece with commissioner gordon he's like oh i'll get it figured out don't worry and he like lights up the bat signal thinking batman's gonna come back yeah. oh man that was great but i do think like the the culmination of it all when we get to the climax where damien confronts the joker and all the other villains and like how Joker basically kind of plays him and goes, you know, you're you're not a hero. You're not any of this. You're like us. Mm-hmm. You're one of the villains. Which is actually almost meta and ironic because if you know who Damian Wayne is in the comics and even some of the animated movies, yeah, Damian is lethal in a lot of ways and he's very mm-hmm. much destructive in certain regards too. I do think it's interesting that I noticed this through the film. They mentioned Damien's mom a few times, but they never addressed. They never addressed who she is. Oh no! Like you, you just hear Bruce say, "Your mom and I, you know, we we have our differences," and it's like, ah, I see what you're doing here. Oh no! They mentioned Talia once or twice. 
and also <laughs> when when bruce is talking to damien and he he's like, <laughs> he's like you can't be a hero heroes have a ton of battle scars and then he rips his shirt and you just see yeah. how mangled his body <laughs> is if you look up on his chest it's got a tattoo with a heart and an arrow that says talia under it. <laughs> really i did not notice that yeah if you watch the movie again look for that scene where he rips his shirt and shows his battered beaten body you'll see a tattoo that has talia's name on it it's hilarious and i think even at the end of the movie they kind of even allude to the fact that well isn't mom a villain and and bruce is like yeah we don't talk about that <laughs> yeah <laughs> something like that but yeah they, they they allude to the fact that that talia is his mom more on more more than one occasion so and considering that they are kind of planning a a, a spin-off series with more people I'm kind of curious to see if she will come up too, because I mean, you you can't do the Batman family and have this kid be who he is, and then not at some point like show off his mom. And obviously, like Bruce yeah. even mentions, like, well, Damien, your mom was a total fox. So <laughs> I'd imagine that the animation style that's going to go into potentially showing off Teleogle, she's probably going to look pretty attractive. Just a guess, though. I don't I don't know that for sure. But yeah, that, that, that ending, going back to the ending where, where the Joker is like, you know, kind of telling Damien, like, no, you're not one of us. And then, like, he go, Damien goes to pick up his utility belt and he sees it's got a bunch of grenades and explosives in it. And then Damien realizes, like, huh, I can use this to my advantage. And he totally throws it in the fireplace and blows everything up. And then the Joker <laughs> goes, whose idea was it to give the kid explosives for Christmas? <laughs> and literally every villain is just like, they raise their hand. And they're like, I did. <laughs> basically creating their own demise in, in certain respects but also like having batman be torn off and having it like oh in the in the trailer they do a pretty good job of hiding that oh yeah it's the justice league who calls him spoilers no it's not because <laughs> like having yeah. him go off into a snowfield and then him realizing like wait a minute there's no blizzard here yeah this isn't this isn't really a blizzard and then mr freeze pops out and you're like all right here we go this is awesome. And that whole fight with him and Mr. Freeze was just spectacular. <laughs> Loved it. Loved it. But I also think that the ending fight with Batman and Merry Little Batman and, and the little Batman and Batman going like, you know, every hero needs a belt. And he gives Damien the belt he's currently wearing. Mm -hmm. And then Damien goes, well, what about you, Dad? Don't you have, what about your belt? And Batman just pulls out another one and goes, always have a spare. Yep. <laughs> brilliant just uh, all the tropes and all the things that people talk about when it comes to batman were absolutely homage and played so well in this movie i can't not recommend it enough and honestly it's going to be one of those movies i watch in my christmas rotation and truthfully i know it's streaming on prime right now but i really do hope that it does get a physical release because i would love to own this movie physically yeah i've got to imagine at some point they've got to release it physically I certainly hope so. I really do hope that this film does get a physical release. And, you know, even the animation, the art, the style of it, it was just all awesome. And, and like, the ending ending of the movie, where Damien kind of convinces Bruce to be like, come on, Dad, it's Christmas. We should be yeah, around. And they, have, and they have dinner with the Joker. <laughs> yeah. And Commissioner Gordon. Yeah, that was great. I think if you even look at the Joker's prison uniform tag, it might even show, like... um DC 
1940, like it, it, it maybe makes some allusion to his first appearance. Oh, really? I think so, but I could be wrong about that. I don't know. I might have to watch the movie again. I probably we probably should have watched it again before we did this, but you know, it is what it is. But all in all, fun movie, really excellent Christmas Batman movie. Yeah, I'm, my daughter, my daughter and I watched it together, and she had a blast. She really enjoyed it. And that's that's exactly it, right? Like this was a movie clearly aimed at a younger audience. And I, on, mm-hmm. after hearing that, it's like it did its job. Yep. So and I, yeah, like it says here, the spinoff series uh, titled Bat Family will follow Batman, Alfred, and young Damian Wayne, who has now taken on the mantle of Little Batman, alongside a few newcomers to Wayne Manor. Interesting. As they navigate the fun and frustrations of life as a super family. Interesting. I'm going to guess Nightwing, Batgirl. Batgirl. Yeah, Batgirl's going to be in there. Maybe Duke Thomas is the signal. Maybe. Just maybe. And that's another thing I actually really liked about this movie. They did a really good job at showcasing a lot of diversity among Gotham City. Not everyone mm-hmm. was pasty and white. Yep. Like that a lot which I know you got to figure some man babies are crying at the fact that Vicki Vale is not a white woman in this movie. Oh, I, as soon as I saw that, I was like, well, there's an angry post on social media somewhere about that. And just to clarify for anyone listening, we are not those angry people. Nope. Nope. Diversity is just fine with me. As am I. I am totally fine with it, especially, especially in a modern context in 2023, 2024, whatever you're, whether you watch it now or you're watching it today because it is now the first of january as of this recording so yes we have no issues with diversity whatsoever and even damian wayne isn't like pasty and white like he is in the animated movies you know he's clearly like he, he he's of a mixed heritage is the best yep. way i can say that so yeah all in all highly recommend i would probably give it a solid four and a half stars out of five or four and a half batarangs out of five yeah, it's solid for me. I would agree with that. Four and a half out of five. Honestly, I think the only thing, if I had any issue, and this is actually more of a stupid nitpick than an issue, honestly, there wasn't that much Riddler. Yeah, I think he was really that, that one scene. Yep, that one scene. Which I kind of wanted him to be one of the villains that came back. Yeah, but, you know, I can take it or leave it. It's yep. it's not that not that bad not at all but no highly recommend merry little batman definitely throw it in your christmas rotation if you already haven't it is absolutely worth the watch right up there with batman returns yeah hopefully we learn more about a bat family as time goes on yeah i wonder when that that other series is gonna debut you'd have to imagine it's probably gonna be on prime as well yeah i mean logically in my personal opinion should, all of this stuff should be on max but what do i know this is true it all should have been on max from the go yep but we're not gonna get into that again though no no we're not we've <laughs> we've we've made that sentiment abundantly clear more times than not <laughs> but um you know funny enough speaking of batman returns Ah, yes. This is probably the last thing we're going to get to on the docket for this episode. But yeah, Craig, you actually shot me this before we started recording. Um, you saw this from ComingSoon.net. Why don't you go ahead and give 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 our listeners this little insight of what you shot me before, before we started yeah, recording. Yeah, so I was literally just kind of looking through news stuff as we were getting ready for this episode. 
and came across this um, posted on comingsoon.net on December 29th, 2023 by Anthony Nash. And uh, the headline kind of says it all. Uh, Batman Returns writer thinks Tim Burton's 1989 Batman, quote, sucks. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Quite, so Quite the headline. <laughs> yeah. So as soon as I saw that, I was like, uh, Phil, we, we need to talk about this, I think. So it's uh, the man in question is Daniel Waters. Uh, he wrote the screenplay for Batman Returns. And in a recent interview with IndieWire, he revealed that he thinks that the 1989 Batman, quote-unquote, sucks. And then in a separate interview with World of Real, um, according to the article, Waters went more into detail on just why he didn't like the 1989 Batman. And apparently, he wasn't the only one who wasn't a fan. Waters said that Burton also didn't love the movie, and also took digs at the scene of Jack Nicholson as the Joker dancing up the stairs to a Prince song. So in this interview, he was quoted, uh, Tim Burton was not crazy about Batman, and I wasn't crazy about it either, said Waters. Quote, it had great production design and all that, but I didn't like the movie. That scene where Jack Nicholson's going up the stairs <laughs> to a shitty Prince song. <laughs> Spray painting art is the height of anti-entertainment. That was the quote. I was like, oof. The height of anti-entertainment. I don't know about you, but I've never... The only thing... I, I've even expressed this here. I've expressed it in other places, like for nerds, maybe even on the vodka stream. My one big issue or gripe with Batman 89 is the fact that the Joker is the one who killed Batman's parents. Outside of that, no. I find the movie to be very entertaining. <laughs> what I don't look, everyone's entitled to their opinion. I really do like. Ba I actually prefer Batman Returns to Batman '89. So too. I don't. I don't think Daniel Waters is a bad writer, not by any any stretch of the imagination. But shitty Prince song, really? Mm, yeah. <laughs> really? Are you serious right now? Yeah. Like, <laughs> dude, <laughs> come on. That's a little harsh. It's pretty, pretty brutal. Yeah. Right. I mean. And I, 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 I get a laugh out of it every time he, he dances up those stairs to that Prince song and spray paints on it. I, I honestly feel like in that moment, in that moment specifically, I feel like Nicholson's Joker is really embodying a lot of Cesar Romero's Joker from the 66 show. Oh, 100%. Show. And, that, and that, to me, I, I, I wouldn't necessarily call it anti-entertainment or even anti-art. I would just be like, the, the, this is the Joker being the Joker. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like... If you perceive it as anti-entertainment, I mean, I can, I can understand the perspective, but calling it a shitty Prince song—that's <laughs> that's a bit of a stretch too far for me personally. Well, and that scene leads to one of my favorite moments in that movie when Vicky Vale's like, "What is it that you want?" And you know, Nicholson's Joker thinks about it and just goes, "My face on the one-dollar bill." Mm-hmm. 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 Right. Right. Yeah. That's a good one. Honestly, that kind of leads to one of my that that scene actually has the first, as far as I can recall, the first live action showcase of Batman breaking through a top glass window. Yeah, I mean they didn't do it. They definitely, they for sure didn't do it in '66 or any of that show. No, no, I don't think so. Matter of fact, no, they didn't. I don't even think they did it in Batman Returns. Um, yeah, I think you're right. I could be wrong about that as much as I love that movie and I just watched it on Christmas Eve but 
yeah as far as i know batman doesn't have a, a breakthrough glass moment in there they did it in batman forever for sure yeah because i remember that one clear as day because it's right as two-face crashes the party so yep that that one will always stick with me because in my opinion batman crashing through a window always looks awesome yeah like being... i mean bet the one in batman forever that was the one i mean every trailer every commercial for batman forever had that scene in it right and even they did the same thing for Batman vs Superman when he crashes through the window. They had it. In, yep. Not the first trailer, but they had it absolutely in in the two following trailers after that, and it looked yep. even better in the movie. And I think even even in the Batman, they showcased it in the trailer as well. In one yep. of the in the two trailers following that, because it wasn't in the the teaser that they showed for for DC Fandom. But yeah, I I I think Waters' comment there about the thing that really kind of just makes me cringe a little bit is shitty print song i'm like mm, I, don't, yeah. I don't agree with that i i can't really agree with that that sentiment but i i find it interesting that he he's not necessarily speaking on tim burton's behalf but obviously he worked with burton on returns but to, to find out that tim burton allegedly wasn't crazy about the first film is kind of huh yeah i'm kind of surprised by that too like it almost makes me kind of wish that like someone would follow up with Burton on that and be like is this true dude like did you actually like not really like the film that kind of set the precedent for comic book movies <laughs> it brings me back that, that, that you that you created it honestly kind of brings me back to a an interview Kevin Smith had about comic book films and how he was not necessarily taking a shot but like or not he, he was talking about Tim Burton talking about comic book films and how he wasn't really big on them or he didn't want to do them or anything like that and kevin smith chimed in going yeah this is coming from the guy who made batman so i find that (laughs) interesting and funny but tim burton's also been making rounds lately in wake of um wednesday coming up on netflix or that came out on netflix and also he's doing beetlejuice 2 with michael keaton reprising the role and how he talked about how the studio like doesn't really take his opinions into consideration about using his versions of his characters anymore <laughs> oh boy like like, I like about that yeah i don't require recall what it was but he was ba- he was more so talking about uh his his defunct superman movie superman lives or the death of the death of superman lives or something like that Ah, uh, yes the film where uh nicholas, nicholas cage, cage super superman would have fought a giant spider right but he was basically kind of alluding to the fact that the studio can use his versions of his characters and like morph them with ai and he's just like i quietly revolt i don't really condone that but hey it's their ip they can do what they want with it right more i'm paraphrasing there i'm not quite sure on the keen details it's been a minute since i read that article but yeah that's what i i'm kind of thinking of with this and then i think even walters goes on to talk about his original plans for batman returns uh walters waters sorry waters also briefly touched on what his original plans for the 892 Batman Returns were. The writer revealed the film was originally set to open with a Batman logo only to pan out and reveal an in-universe store selling Batman merchandise. A joke at the expense of how big of a merchandising juggernaut the original film was and then however Waters reveals that the star Michael Keaton ended up convincing him to cut the section from the film and he's quoted as saying, Michael Keaton said, that's very clever. Cut it. (laughs) Hilarious. I find that nothing short of hilarious. 
Which is kind of funny, because if I recall, it's been a while since I've watched Returns. I think there is a shot of a Batman merchandise store. I think there is. So they must have kept it. They just didn't use it as the opening of the film. I think at the very least, there's Batman merchandise littered through Batman Returns in yeah. some fashion. But I do think I think that would have actually been a very clever meta joke had they actually done it. And I even find it funnier that Michael Keaton was like, oh, yeah, this is clever. Cut it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, can, I can absolutely see Michael Keaton being like, oh, yeah, this is clever. Cut it out. <laughs> like I, I can see Michael Keaton in, in circa like 1990, 1991 being like, yeah, this is it's clever. Cut it out. Like it, it wasn't even like anyone from the studio. It wasn't Tim Burton. It was freaking Michael Keaton that went. Yeah, no. yeah it, was, it was Batman himself. <laughs> yeah, cut it. But it's it's so funny too because had they done it, had they done that, I don't know that that would have been like a bad way to open up the movie because obviously the movie opens up with the birth of the penguin, but. Yeah, I, I I I think that would have been very funny and very meta because obviously Batman 89 was this superb as as it mentioned like a merchandising it became a merchandising juggernaut for the character when mm-hmm. the movie came out. And there there are people and podcasts that I listen to that are very fond of that movie for that reason and yeah, I I'm I'm very curious to see what other people would say at this had this happened who were around from that time when that movie happened. Yeah. But yeah, very interesting comments from Daniel Waters, screenplay writer from Batman Returns. If you didn't watch Batman Returns around the Christmas time? Shame on you. No, I was too busy catching up on One Piece. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's <laughs> when you're fair. when you're when you're dying of COVID and you can't move, might as well try to get caught up on almost three and a half years worth of an anime you've been watching for 15 plus years that's fair i can't completely fault you for it i watched batman returns on christmas eve because i wasn't gonna pass up that opportunity i watched that <laughs> i watched that movie every single christmas season i sometimes it's earlier in the christmas season sometimes it's closer to christmas but i i usually try and make it a point to watch that movie around christmas because it is without a doubt one of my favorite christmas movies and now I've got two Batman Christmas movies that I can watch. Yeah, one uh, very different tones between the two of them. Oh, <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And uh, you know what? I actually just thought of another thing that they alluded to in Merry Little Batman that's from Batman Returns. What's that? The Penguins. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, they they had a shot in Bat- Merry Little Batman where they've got little penguins with torpedoes on the back of them flying yeah. through Gotham City. That's I was right. Like, I forgot about that. I was like, oh... Oh, that's brilliant. The question I have now is, do I watch Batman Returns first or do I watch Merry Little Batman first in the Christmas season? Uh, that's 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 my, I'm like, I don't know. I guess it's going to depend what mood you're in. <laughs> it really true. is what it boils down to. Very true. That does depend on it greatly. I don't know. I mean, with some like loose continuity, maybe I could watch Batman Returns and then go to Merry Little Batman or if I'm like just really feeling happy and chipper, I can just watch Merry Little Batman first. <laughs> I don't know. I guess time will tell. But I think that is all we have for this episode of The Eternal Night. I don't think there's been too much other news since then. Obviously, you know, the writer strike came to an end about a, or sorry, the actor strike came to an end about a month and a half ago. So, um there's that. 
the penguin show is in back in production so that's nice we'll get to watch that this fall i'm sure we'll talk about that when the time comes and obviously as hopefully we get some kind of teaser or trailer of it hopefully soon i'd imagine comic-con yeah probably if i'm being brutally honest probably comic-con but and also you know if any updates happen about the batman part two you bet your asses we'll be back here in this cave to talk about them absolutely because craig and i are big big fans of the batman and we will not not talk about that stuff so yeah anytime anywhere any place in the Batcave, we will make time for it but my friend craig as always i hope you had a very happy new year i hope you had a very happy holiday season and i hope your 2024 is more awesome than dealing with covid for the last couple weeks <laughs> truly I yeah do. Like I said, the whole month of December was just pretty rough in general for me. But, uh, you know, I'm taking the new year as a fresh approach. And I've got some personal goals that I want to achieve. And just going into it with a whole new positive mentality. So here's here's to the new year. Yeah, that makes two of us. I mean, if, if I, th- I feel like if we had any resolutions, I know for sure mine is I'm focusing on myself. I'm focusing on making a better version of myself. I am definitely i've started going to the gym tomorrow will be the first not the first day but the tomorrow will will mark the first week that i've been back in the gym because i am gonna make myself look like batman (laughs) or vegeta from dragon ball one one, one or the other my point is i am going to make myself more physically fit and and potentially fit into a bat costume by halloween maybe we'll see what happens but yes. is that the is that the goal of growing the hair? Are you are you going for a Vegeta hairstyle? Well, right now it kind of looks like trunks. <laughs> it it w- looks more like trunks than it does Vegeta. But you know, I've I've thought about cutting my hair and and spiking it up like a Saiyan. Yes, I I, I will not lie to you. I've I've considered that. But yeah, I I the, the ultimate goal is to just kind of better my physical health and my mental health because yep. it's it's been kind of in the gutter in the last few weeks and it wasn't exactly a. Uh, it was a somber Christmas for me personally, so I'm gonna oh, try same. try and make avid efforts to be 20, have 2024 be a different year for me for the show because obviously you know we'll see what happens in, in regards to other Batman news and stuff, and I'm sure we've got other comics and stuff that we're gonna talk about with the year. I'm sure, honestly, since Craig and I have been so busy with our holiday stuff, we should probably hash out a plan for 2024 of what we want to do yeah. or could do damn we really missed an opportunity to do like a batman returns commentary track for christmas maybe maybe nah. maybe this year maybe this year we'll get more that. than likely i mean because if we had tried this year i would have sounded like a dying frog with the way my voice was oh god yeah probably but also you know i do i really want to try and do a uh, a commentary to the dark knight returns animated movie yeah that one definitely warrants a commentary. I do believe so. It's also been a little over 10 years since that film debuted too. So both parts. So yeah, that, that would be an epic. That's the question though. Do we do it part one and part two, or do we just do the deluxe and just do it in one sitting? Ooh, yeah. I don't know. Hmm. We'll have to figure that one out. We'll also have to figure out some graphic novels that we can try and talk about too, that we both have. I mean, we, you know, we mentioned year one, we haven't done year one. Yeah. So we can maybe do that sometime this year too. That'd be a lot of fun. But you know, keep an eye out, everyone. You know, we will. We will absolutely. We got stuff that we you know we're gonna think about and stew on that we can put out this year for for content. 
and I hate that word, but it's it's the buzzword. <laughs> so, yeah. um, Craig, my friend, where can people find you on the interwebs if they choose to follow along with you and all of your John Wick related and One Piece related <laughs> shenanigans? <laughs> uh, for me, it's uh, it's on Instagram and Threads, and it's uh, Craigy Omega. Uh, C-R-A-I-G-G-Y underscore Omega. And I am trying to be a little more active on threads. Uh, I do find, I think you actually posted uh, something about it on threads uh, uh, once, say like a day or two ago. Just a much more positive environment, and it is refreshing. Like like I said, I tried diving into uh, Twitter slash X you know, about a year and a half, two years ago, and just, uh, it's not for me. This way too toxic way too way too much just gross stuff in there that i just don't want to be a part of and thus far my involvement in threads so far has been much more on the positive side yeah i did i did actually make a thread post about that how i do appreciate that threads has a lot more uplifting and positivity related posts from people who are genuine um if anyone wants to follow me you can follow me on instagram threads vero and blue sky i haven't been on x in over a month i left that cesspool at the very end of november no longer there neither is the show but yeah just uh, at unfiltered u-n-p-h-i-l-t-e-r-e-d-d-d feel free to again follow this show on facebook and instagram as well at t-e-k underscore podcast and again you know, if you guys have any questions, comments, anything like that, feel free to drop us an email, eternalnightpod at gmail.com, and feel free to leave us a review on iTunes, Apple Podcast, or whatever podcast catcher is your preference or wherever you get your podcast fix. This has been another episode of The Eternal Night. Thank you again, and as we always like to say, keep it classy in the cave, everybody. Have a great rest of your day or night and year. Take care. Happy New Year. Gentlemen! Let's broaden our minds. Lawrence. is not affiliated with Warner Brothers Discovery or DC Studios. If you would like to follow along with the show, you can do so. At, just search for T-E-K underscore podcast on X, Instagram, and Facebook. If you would like to listen to the show, you can do so on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. If you would like to leave us an email, feel free to do so at eternalnightpod at gmail.com. Thank you for your time. <laughs>